0: Welcome back to the Hemingway List Pod. Talking about Chapter 7, I wonder what is going on in Moore's head. Oh, wait, no, I don't. That was my tongue-in-cheek prompt. Techrific says, One thing is for certain, I am not a musician, meaning thereby that music was only part of his message. Wagner wanted to create the total work of art, and this idea and the word itself has become part of many languages. Gesamtkunstwerk. Um, His ideal of unifying all works of art via the theater is why the opera house in Bayreuth is so special. It's the origin and epicenter of that idea, and it still continues to this day. Well, that's cool. I never knew. Um, here's a fun article called Beyonce and the New Gesamtkunstwerk. Okay, 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 okay. Um. Swim says, after enduring George's, enduring George's really annoying comments about women, for me it was refreshing to find Beyonce's article. Apparently there is 2020 biography on Wagner, and my town library has a copy. My town is relatively small, but it has an amazing, eclectic collection. Wagnerism, art and politics in the shadow of music. George is hugely annoying, but my horizons are being broadened. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, I mean... He hangs out with Yeats and talks a lot about Wagner. So he at least brings up artists that are interesting, you know. Um, What happened in this chapter? As I load up the next chapter, chapter eight, I went to the cafe with Edward and I think he just critiqued another yeah, he, did, he just critiqued another piece of theatre. Chapter 8 goes like this We take tickets for a cycle, a ring, and as many parsifals <clears throat> as we have appetite for, and when the last performance is over and the railway station is crowded no longer with the bohemianism of London and Paris, but with the snobbery I use the word in its French sense of both capitals, the trolleys are piled with aristocratic luggage and the porters are followed by anxious valets. Ladies in long fashionable dust cloaks are beset by maids with jewel cases in their hands. Among this titled crowd, one can still pick out the student, the professional musician still goes to Beirut, and those who really love music and who go to Beirut for the art of the master, like our friends, the politician and his wife and daughter. Between the acts of the Gauta we had heard arrangements being made to be present at other music festivals. It seemed that a considerable part of the audience was going to Munich to hear Mozart, for the last day or two everybody seemed to be muttering «Cossi fan an opera never given in England. On a former occasion, Edward and I had gone to Munich, but was but we had not heard it, and I would have preferred to follow Mozart, but we were going in a different direction, in quest of other music, northward a long and tedious journey, for Edward had decided that the revival of drama which the success of the Heatherfield Field had started in Ireland must be accompanied by a revival of all the arts, painting, sculpture and music. For landscape and portrait painting he thought he could rely on Dermot O'Brien, he who had decided to come to Ireland. A number of chapels had been spoilt by German stained glass, but Miss Purser had promised to engage a man whose father had been intimately connected with the pre-Raphaelite movement in England, and under her direction, ecclesi- ecclesiastical art would flourish again in Ireland. John Hughes would revive Donatello and Edward Palestrina. He told me that Archibald Walsh had been approached and that he thought he would be able to persuade him to accept a donation of £10,000 to establish a choir in the cathedral upon the strict understanding, of course, that the choir was only to sing Vittoria, Palestrina, Orlando di Lasso, Francesca de Pre, and the other writers, bearing equally picturesque names, who had, if I may borrow a phrase from Evelyn Innes, gravitated round the great Roman composer. It seemed to me that the analogy he drew between the Italian Renaissance and the Irish was a false one. The Italians had imported nothing, but had recreated all the arts simultaneously. This view was, however, not acceptable. And in the return journey between Nuremberg and Mainz, Edward pointed out that the Italian Renaissance was not as original as it seemed at first sight. It was indebted largely to antiquity, and its flavour was due to the spirit of the Middle Ages, which still lingered in the 16th century, and in in support of this theory, he affirmed that Palestrina had used plain chant melodies in all his masses. Turning them into pattern music, I interjected. If you want religion in music, let your choir sing only plain chant. Edward feared that the congregation would deem that monotonous and I said, if concessions are going to be made, and the conversation dropped, for we were going to a festival of pattern music far away in the north of Germany to a town called Munster, whither I venture to say very few have ever wandered, though it is well known by name on account of Meyerbeer's opera Le Profit. We all know the prayer that the Prophet sings at the end of the third act before he enters the town and the great beauty of the fourth act, the cathedral scene in which John of Leyden refuses to recognize his mother. A great act. It was not the fashion of those times to write fifth acts. The Maybier finished his opera with a couple of songs of no great merit, and the blowing up of the town by John of Leyden, who perishes amid the ruins. But in history he perished quite differently. After a few weeks of revelry, Munster was taken by assault, And John of Leyden and his companions were put into the iron cages in which they could neither stand nor sit nor lie, and in them they remained on exhibition, hung up some thirty feet above the pavement, on the principal street, for three days, before they were torn to pieces with red-hot hooks by order of the good bishop. These cages still hang in the principal street, regarded, no doubt, as objects of great historical interest. That they are, no one will contest. Yet one cannot help feeling that they would be better out of sight in a museum, for they certainly inspire hatred of the Roman Church in the heart of every passer-by, and it is hardly going too far to say that these cages, and to the memories which they evoke, is owing the preservation of all original aspects of the town, so grey and austere, without a sign anywhere of life, of modern thought, of aspiration, without a picture-gallery. Without a painter, without a writer, a fitting town indeed for a festival of archaic music, Edward had written to his conductor, the man to whom the revival of Palestrina was to be entrusted, to come over, and when we were not in the cathedral, which was not often, we used to spend the time wandering about the grey, calico-coloured streets, Edward admiring the 15th century roofs, of which there are a great many and the arcade, the conductor and myself, thinking how the minutes were bringing us nearer another concert. He was a man of quiet and neutral intelligence, and it would have been pleasant to go away for a walk in the country with him. He would have liked to escape from the patter of this archaic music, which he already foresaw it was his fate to teach and conduct to the end of his days. But to slip away... between a Gloria and a Credo, my suggestion to him would have offered his burly taskmaster the, and perhaps have lost him his job. He dared not even show for one instant that the music bored him, and I hardly dared either and resisted Edward with difficulty at the door of the cathedral. The choice lay between a Motet by Josquin de Prez and the tale of a town. The third act needed revision, and I, not infrequently, took the manuscript away with me and forgot it in the pleasant shade of the avenue that encircles the town, and sometimes I took the manuscript with me to the zoological gardens, beguiled there by the finest lion ever known, that is to say, the finest ever seen or imagined by me, an extraordinary silent and monumental beast that used to lie, his paw tucked in front of him, a gazing stock for me and a group of children. We moved on, subdued by his wonderful present, majestic, magnificent, forlorn, ashamed, before his great brown melancholy eyes, full of dreams of the desert of long ago, perhaps of the very day when the Arab held him a whelp well above his high red-pommeled saddle, and the dam was spared, speared and shot by the other Arabs in the melee that happened amid some loose rocks and brushwood. The blue sky of Munster and the dust of Munster and the silence and the loneliness of Munster often made me think I should like to enter his cage. It was such a splendid one, built out into the garden, a little park with two tree trunks and some rocks, a dome-shaped cage in which the great beast could trot or climb if he were so disposed. When I never saw him except sunning himself in front of the bars. He seemed as lonely as myself, and I often imagined us twain side by side the tail of a town in my left hand, while with the right I combed his great brown mane for him, which would he resent, the reading of the combing. Speculation on this point amused me, and urged me towards the risk, and perhaps might have induced me to undertake it, if I had not met a fox in the circular avenue. The red bushy animal came there on a chain, and when his master sat on the other end of the bench on which I was sitting, the fox quite the fox often hopped between us, treating me with the politeness due to a visitor, a politeness which was requited next by a cutlet. The peasant uh, on cutlets, our friendship throve until the end of the week, and had I known German, it might have been permanent. The fox seemed quite willing for though he well behaved with his master, his affection for me was so spontaneous that I think it would have lasted. The peasant, too, might have been persuaded to sell his fox, and if he refused a sovereign it would be because he did not know its value, or because he would not include the chain. As this point could not be settled without some knowledge of German, I strove to explain to him by signs that he was to remain where he was, until I brought back somebody who could sprecken Deutsch. There was no hope of a passer-by who could speak English. There was no passers-by. The whole population of Monster was in the cathedral. It had been going there all the morning, headed by Edward and his conductor, to hear several masses by Palestrina, and they had started off again in the afternoon to listen to Orlando di Lasso. Edward had pressed me to accompany them, saying that the opportunity might not occur again to hear a work by the great Fleming, but one concert a day of the contrap. Contrapuntal music was enough for me, and I had pleaded my duty regarding a possible reconstruction of the third act, which I was anxious to submit to him in the evening. He is in the cathedral listening, I said, and tired by now of Orlando de Lasso, he will be glad of an excuse to get away. Ah, yeah. That's it. (laughs) Put an opinion there. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow.